0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Change That's With It podcast. With me, returning on my guest, Arthur Smith. Um, you probably know you can buy the Emergency Questions book at www.gofasterstripe.com. You can get a signed copy of that there. You can get a copy with a Shrek in it, and you can get a personalised copy with whatever you want written in it by me, uh, or an extra emergency question that would just be for you. Um, but now, if you're set up of carrying a book around and you own an Apple product like an iPad or an iPhone, you can get emergency questions on your device. Um, it's at the App Store. It's called Emergency Questions, and put to put in there as well. And you'll definitely get it. Uh, and um, it's got some free questions, and then you can pay for extra packs, which include the whole book. Uh, and uh, there's another one which is for dating, 100 questions for dating. And there's 100 questions for kids, uh, which are kid-friendly as long as you don't mind me talking about poo and wee quite a lot. Which you know, I think kids are up on that. Um, and also, we have a new series coming up, which starts recording on October the 16th. We've got some great guests coming up, including October the 16th, Ellie Taylor. Uh, October the whatever it will be 23rd is Armando Iannucci. Uh November the 20th, I think, is Richard Osman, and there's lots of other very exciting people in the mix. People are a bit slow getting back to me this time, uh, but hopefully we'll nail that down pretty soon. Uh, so do book it. For those, go to lessorsquaretheatre.com uh, and you can find my page and book tickets to that. would be lovely to see you if you want to come along. Anyway, let's sit back and enjoy Richard Hanks' Square Theatre Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man who is willing to talk about the tactics of Monopoly for a lot longer than most other people would think was reasonable. It's Richard Herring! Hello! Hello, London! It's good to be back. Um, see, well, soon I won't be living in London. That's terrifying, isn't it? It feels like a week ago I was saying that, but it can't have been. Uh, so... Um, Uh, It's lovely to be here at the Leicester Square Theatre. Uh, This is Rich Chang's Leicester Square Theatre podcast. But I was talking to some of the crazy Crocos recently, who you may remember in the 1990s were the figures given away in Kinder Eggs. They were very popular. And though none of them can actually literally speak, I did feel that they would call it Ruhnerstape if they could. uh, They're very cool. Uh, So yeah, it's. uh, it's all cracking on, uh, getting very close to the, the, the imminent death uh, of being old. How old are you, sir? Uh, 45. 45, I, th- I thought you were over 50. Uh, I, th- I thought you'd be, be able to give me some advice about, I can give you some advice about. But you know, he looks so young. How old are you? 51. How did you cope with uh, turning 50, the big five, zero? as I, I, No one calls it. You contented yourself at home with your 25-year-old wife, so is that your advice to me, to do the same? <laughs> I'm very happy to give it a crack, if you don't mind. <laughs> no? Okay. <laughs> she has standards. Well, oh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> She's not here tonight, so that, that would imply she does have standards. Uh, <laughs> good. Uh, how old are you, sir? 44. So kind of some kind of middle-aged but younger, the kind of guys who are watching me on Fist of Fun and looked up to me as... A, Sort of God. <laughs> and then have grown up with me still. Well, that's nice to know. Uh, are you looking forward to turning 50? six years away, but it goes fast. Can't you can't wait. <laughs> You're going to have to wait six years, but it's, it's, it's going to be very quick, don't worry. So we're going to crack straight on with uh, this week's guest. It's a very... Uh, I mean, last week we had someone called Brian, who doesn't drink alcohol. And in a way, this week we've got the same. Though you might not realise that. Uh, he's probably best known as uh, the milkman from Filthy Rich and Cat Flap, yeah. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, it's Arthur Smith. Ladies and gentlemen, here he is. Arthur Smith. Love to see you, welcome. Pull up a chair, pull up a microphone.
1: How are you? I'm extremely handsome. (laughs) You are. I don't know why everyone's laughed. (laughs) <laughs> you've still got it, my Arthur,
0: you've still got it. So um do you remember being on Filthy Rich and Catflap?
1: I do dimly, yes. Yeah. I was uh, yeah, I was the milkman and I did I I got killed. Didn't did you? I? Oh I think someone smashed a Rick Mail or someone smashed a glass over my head. Bloody hell. And I died. Bloody hell. It was I, good. I, actually I got I got to keep one of the bottles do you know that you can smash people oh, over yeah, the head yeah. with. Yeah which aren't real glass, they're not dangerous. And I, I, had a, I did a joke with a friend. We were, I was in one car, he was in the car behind me, pretended to have an argument, and I smashed it over his head. <laughs> and was arrested. <laughs> Immediately. Now, I'm
0: about to turn 50 uh, and in, two <laughs> day, in two days' time. Uh, and you were at my 30th birthday, do you remember this?
1: Of course I don't.
0: No, you came to... I lived in Ballam at the time and you gate-crashed my 30th birthday party. Oh, yeah, I
1: used to love gate yeah. <laughs> we were, I was It's
0: go- much better than if you're invited. <laughs> it was in Goblins where, where we both drank occasionally. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they used to play Monopoly. They did, you know? <laughs> and Scrabble. They used to oh, play I'm a lot of Scrabble. Down. <laughs> we'll get on to that later. <laughs> <laughs> Things are going badly. We'll have a half an hour conversation about that. Um, you wrote me a poem for my 30th birthday as a gift. Did I? I like, yeah.
1: Shall I tell you how it oh, went? Oh, me, right. It wasn't a it. very
0: long poem, but this is how it went. I've still got it up on my notebook at home so i could check this rage and balloon sage and buffoon
1: yeah well it's all right isn't it? as my mother would say well i've tried my best <laughs> it, it, twice it rhymes twice yeah exactly. and it was sort of you know there was not what, much rage. rage rage
0: and b- balloon that's the party sage and buffoon i think you're implying yeah. but that well, i'm an angry are. angry and happy man who's stupid and clever
1: well wise, sages. <laughs> wise. yeah yeah you know the French for midwife is sage femme.
0: I did not know that. We were talking about you. You can speak French. You, you were the first person to do a stand-up gig in French. I understand. Yeah,
1: I, uh, yeah, long before Eddie, may I say? Uh, yeah. Eddie is old, and in fact, I, I did support Eddie doing a French gig uh, did a couple of summers ago. Yeah, yeah, I did uh, a ten-minute stand-up routine in Paris in about 1992 you know, or something. Right. <laughs> and that uh, uh, was an interesting experience to do I mean I was thinking when you see comedians who are you know who come over here, Henning, Venn and you know various people for whom English is not their first language yeah. that's pretty tough doing yeah. stand-up in it
0: yeah well because it, it's a very I mean it's, and I think for you especially stand-up so much about language and words and all your writing is very intricate I think and that you're much more of a, a A word than a physical comedian, I think it's fair to say. Though you, yeah, yeah. Although you
1: know, sometimes I use a small number of words. (laughs) You do. Uh, Here's a fact. Uh, Did you know one out of three Americans weighs as much as the other two? (laughs) <laughs> you know, I do
0: a it gag as well It is But I've, you know, when you when I, I've only, I can't speak any language as well enough to do gigs But when I've gone when to Well, you foreign, do Your
1: English is not
0: bad It's, it's okay, okay. <laughs> But when I go to Sometimes you go to foreign countries And do a gig in English and to, yeah. to the locals And then you realise how, yeah. mu, how much your. Where have you
1: played abroad? I've played
0: places like Serbia I've done Belgium how did you
1: go down in Serbia? Uh, not very well,
0: because I, I realised it was the first. It was the first time I'd, I'd done a gig abroad, and I'd just started coming back to stand up anyway. And you just realise how much is the vernacular and the idiom yeah. you're using, and that people need to understand.
1: And also so just the, cons- the order of words yeah. that you use. Some, you know, one way it's funny, and another way Absolutely. more or less the same, but it isn't somehow. Yeah.
0: Yeah it's it's very interesting but yeah it's uh, it's well hats off to anyone who can do as you say the, the the foreign people coming over here and making a living in their second language and managing Yeah to,
1: I remember um, introducing the first ever Swedish comedian at the comedy store and uh he got one small laugh when he said hello I'm a comedian from Sweden <laughs> and that and that was it <laughs> <laughs>
0: So I'd like to show off that this year is my uh, 30th anniversary of my first Edinburgh. But then this year is also your 40th anniversary of your first Edinburgh. Yes. So you've won that competition. Yes. Are you um, going to make it? And you're going up to the fringe this year?
1: Yeah, I am. I'm uh, doing uh, the last sort of version, a slightly reworked version of my Arthur Smith sings Leonard Cohen show, <laughs> which does sound like the grimmest evening of entertainment <laughs> imaginable. Uh, but I can promise you it's rather good, which is partly Leonard Cohen songs. There's quite a lot of. You know, reflection on humour and enthusiasm and dementia and diminishment and darkness and death. Uh, but it's not all comedy. <laughs>
2: you know, I do
1: sing a few Leonard Cohen songs because I think I think he should have won the Nobel Prize probably rather than Bob Dylan in yeah. a way. Who agrees? Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's a proper poet, Leonard yeah, yeah. Cohen. Yeah. And, I mean, I, you know, I, a poet, I love poetry. And it's funny, I think. Poetry kind of can fit in with stand-up a bit, I've discovered. You know, sometimes if I'm doing like a long set, I'll just do a couple of poems which aren't meant to be funny necessarily, or I've got some funny ones too, and people kind of enjoy them, I've discovered.
0: Yeah, good. Yeah. You got one one up your sleeve? (laughs) If you like.
1: Uh, All right, this is a poem of optimism by a a woman who she's a bit sick of it by now, so she doesn't like her name said, but this is a poem called Sometimes. Sometimes things don't go after all, from bad to worse. Some years muscatel faces down frost, green thrives to crops don't fail. Sometimes a man aims high and all goes well. A people will sometimes step back from war, elect an honest man, decide they care enough, they cannot leave some stranger poor. Some men become what they were born for. Sometimes our best efforts do not go amiss. Sometimes we do as we meant to. The sun will sometimes melt a field of sorrow that seemed hard frozen. May it happen for you. Hey. <laughs> sage and buffoon. It's all sage and buffoon tonight. <laughs> well, I'll do another one at the end. <laughs> okay, that's what <last> we're <laughs> A little bit of Shakespeare too, if you like. Okay. I've done a, I did a, a version of Hamlet myself. You did, I, was, I featured a little bit in oh, that one. that's right, you <laughs> did, that's right. Yes, perhaps you'd like to explain to the audience how it was that you featured was this.
0: Uh, I was dating an actress
1: called Sally Phillips shortly
0: before that you did that to Hamlet, who co-starred as Ophelia in... Hamlet but then we broke up with each other shortly before that Hamlet and therefore I became yeah
1: because I had said to Sally (laughs) she was being my Ophelia I said well look just come on and shout and be completely bonkers about whatever's pissing you off at the moment (laughs) which as it turned out was having been dumped by Richard (laughs) or as he was known in the thing I at least got him to change the name to Dick Kipper (laughs) And no one saw
0: through that. No saw through.
1: It was well. I, was yeah, very... I felt a bit guilty about that because I, I mean, it was You know, I, I had seen. say yeah, that's what she wanted to do. And, uh... I, to be
0: honest, I loved it. I really, I mean, I didn't love so much that, that I became the centre of that particular thing. But I, the show was really lovely, and I'm such a big fan of yours that I've sort of felt this weird honour about being included <laughs> in your show even though it was i think in the end she sort of came round to maybe understanding that there was some
1: small degree of redemption there was
0: a little bit <laughs> to be honest it was more it was worse in real life than it was watching me yeah uh, the,
1: moving the on of it. But, um, <laughs> come on tell us about some of your other old girlfriends Richard there are no one or two myself there are there are there are, there are a couple uh, <laughs> but
0: you've done you've been you've been a feature of my Edinburgh's all the way through really and I remember the first time I went up in 1987 uh, I saw I came I saw you do a show I think with it gets a bit conflated in my mind but I saw some some stand-up shows, but I think there was one where you are doing a triple night at night with maybe Arnold Brown and maybe Jerry Sadovitz or maybe uh, Norman yeah. Love. It was one of those yeah, yeah. triple bill... It was in late those. night
1: at uh, the Gilded Balloon. It was
0: indeed. And so, like, we, we were sort of blown away by this because we were doing kind of university review at the time. We thought, this is incredible what people are doing here in Edinburgh. And, uh, but then I remember later on seeing you <laughs> Propped up at a bar on your own, <laughs> and and uh, looking quite miserable. And I said to my friend, "Oh God, is you know this is what I want to do? Is that what's going to happen to me?" And, and, and it, it. it was, it was <laughs> exactly
1: exactly what happened. Well, I don't know. Sometimes I, you know, just because you're on your own, it doesn't yep. mean you're miserable necessarily. No, I probably won't say. I don't know. But you know, I I find it a kind of pleasure. I remember doing a gig where I had no reason to stick around at the end. You know, and I did, I got a round of applause and I just walked straight out the back and I could still hear the applause fading as I began my walk alone along the river Yeah. and you know the contrast between standing in the middle and waving at everyone and being Mr. you know and that and then just strolling along by yourself I find stimulating I think it is once you get
0: used to it and I guess from my point of view as a a new and not even a comedian at that stage someone who wanted an aspirant comedian I think you imagine oh it will all be like you'll come off stage and you'll be surrounded by people and garlanded and being witty and of course in reality you sort of want to be. <laughs> yeah. You want to leave it behind and you want to sit. Yeah and then and there's those
1: long open mic nights when there's <laughs> just three people in the audience and one of them's dead. <laughs> 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 Hundreds of them. I mean yeah. there's so many comedians now aren't there, there?
0: are. Well it's insane compared even when I started which you know 87 but in the early 90s there might have been maybe 30 comedians up in the fringe doing yeah, shows. Well, yeah yeah. When in... you started there must have been like Four About or five three of us yeah, yeah. yeah and that's so now right. it's like a thousand. Fa- I think maybe a thousand comedians are up there, aren't they? Is that is that? Am I overestimating that? But it's, it's something know. like that. And how?
1: And for every one of those, there's probably you know fifty who are doing the open mic circuit. Yeah,
0: yeah. So how
1: many people here are doing the open mic circuit? No. They, See, they're they, all off at the gigs. <laughs> they're all
0: working hard, <laughs> pre-Edinburgh. Uh, but also, there was an Edinburgh show where, um, and I can't remember the name of this Edinburgh show, but it completely... Out of many of your shows that I've seen, it blew me away the most. was the one did in the Botanical Garden.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, was, yeah. That was fun. That was an outdoor show. Yeah. Which, I, I mean, I used to do them. I think they do them a bit more now, but no-one really did them then. And no. I... Yeah, and it was in the Inverleaf putting green, and I had like, various people stationed on the way round. Someone standing in a pond, and then you can do shows, uh, gags on a huge scale, yeah, or something yeah. like that. So I had Andy Smart about two hundred yards away from this woman. They ran at each other, you know, and so it was a huge scale. Yeah, I did another one uh, a few years later, where I ended it at the foot of uh, Salisbury Crags, you know, which is just by Arthur's Seat, and. And I had six ballet dancers <laughs> set way up on the sort of on the top, and you know cued by text. And I, I mean the scale of the gag, I yeah. was really proud of it.
0: Well, that's that's what I remember. If I remember, we I'd gone. It was right at the end of the fringe. It was just. I mean, it's the, it's it was what the fringe should be about because it was a one-off show that Botanical Gardens. Almost yeah, I think I did or two, two or something. Yeah. yeah. But it's like so you'd worked throughout the fringe with all the actors, I presume, and you'd kind of worked out what you were going to do. But yeah. I'd gone in. Very. I'd had. I'd had some. Some love affair had gone badly, again. Uh, uh, And which one was this, then, Richard? (laughs) (laughs) This was was another actress. When I stopped dating actresses, things improved (laughs) quite a lot.
1: Uh, Have you ever snogged a woman who won an Oscar?
0: Um, No, I don't think I have, no. I'm I'm, I'm presuming you have, Arthur. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> if only i could think of an actress from a long time ago that had won an oscar that would yeah, be yeah, <laughs> during, <was it? laughs> but it, I, I went in quite depressed and i came out like a late you know i just felt
1: so happy it was such oh, a. Was, well, I, was such take that. that's one of the the pleasures of the job isn't it, is, it? Yeah, you yeah. can enliven you know and stimulate a group of people yeah. and make them make that funny noise which is laughter <laughs> yeah
0: and, fi- and, and feeling it's in, so it's, it's, and you were I mean you, I think you're really someone who does Edinburgh properly and always has so you do you, you, you're you taking chances you did arts exhibitions one year and yeah, you've done yeah I had
1: my ex- exhibition of socks last yeah, that's year that's right <laughs> yeah Which no does... I'm big on socks Yeah, I had all sorts of old socks that I'd had made obviously really I had you know Alexander's sock that he wore as he entered the gates of Constantinople
2: <laughs>
1: and uh, a pair of Prince's socks are only that big, you know. <laughs> and uh, it was quite fun, the uh, the sock exhibition. Well, I I, yeah, I had this idea, and a couple of years before, yeah, I did this Archer art thing, because I noticed about the art world is very serious. You never hear laughter in an art gallery, do you? No. And I felt you should. Yeah. You know, comedy doesn't make something lack any artistic... Uh, proclivity so fuck it so i did a funny art exhibition (laughs) which cost me a fortune
0: (laughs) (laughs) but you've also used to do like proper you've done several proper plays and very successful plays up there the uh, yeah yeah i've done the bed show and the evening gary lineker
1: i've never done a dance show though no well there's still time Perhaps you and I should do (laughs)
0: that. I think Tony Law and Phil Nickle are doing some kind of physical dancing. Excellent!
1: It looks very exciting from the poster. I think I don't think it's good. I like the way you know people experiment with the form. I mean, there's like wrestling matches now, aren't there? I suppose wrestling always has been funny in a way. It's like pantomime, isn't it? With the sort of baddies and the.
0: Yeah, that was a sharp thing for them to realise. And you were offered the Lifetime Perrier Award in about 2005, which you turned down. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Uh, Yeah, well, there wasn't any money attached to it. (laughs) I did accept it a couple of years later when I got got three grand (laughs) as well. (laughs) Fuck that, as well. You know, my (laughs) principles are that much. (laughs) But I fucking hate award ceremonies.
0: Yeah. They're
1: boring. It's, um,
0: it's sort of weird for Edinburgh as well, isn't it? Because it's, you know, again, yeah. look, the more stuff there is there, the more ridiculous it becomes. Because how do you, and even if you were to compare all your shows, if we said, let's, what's the best Arthur Smith show, you'd have your personal opinion. But it's how do you compare a sock, some socks to some yeah. people up in the mountain doing ballet, you know, which is the best of those if, two. You know,
1: if you were offered a, an, a, 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 an OBE, yeah. would you accept it, Richard? I, I don't think I would. I've got
0: friends who have done so. It's really? hard to How know, them, they? well, Armando
1: Iannucci... Oh, that's right, he did, one. didn't he? I was slightly surprised by that.
0: Yeah. I, I, well, I was having a discussion with someone on Twitter about this and they were saying that he now had no right to say anything about the royal family because he'd accepted an OBE from them, which I think is, I understand it, but I also think not, you, don't, you don't lose the right to free speech because you've no. made a decision. A lot of people say it's for their parents Well, funny
1: enough, my, I happen to know... Uh, the person who's the chair of the honours committee oh, do you? yeah no really and he tells me that what he does is like say with Andy Murray because he won one didn't he yeah uh, he initially turned it down but what he does he rings up you know he rang up Andy Murray, Murray's mother and his wife yeah and then Andy Murray rang back and said all right I'll accept it <laughs> 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 That's diff- the way to do it. It's
0: a difficult one because you are sort of you know, there is there is a history to it and it's still got the British Empire at the end of it and yeah. it sort of does seem to say I'm accepting that I'm a part of this. But you can also see it as a I'm I'm proud of the country I'm from and I'm proud to have an honour. I mean, and would no, you accept it then? I don't think I would, but I've done this very likely I'd be often on episode C. But also, I
1: mean that. when we started out well, certainly when I started out in comedy, it, it was sort of part of the thing was to be anti-royal in a way, yeah. it was to be Republican. But I know notice Republicanism it hardly exists anymore, does it? Yeah,
0: it's true. It's not, not in the same way. But Who's
1: think... a Republican here? Yeah. See, no one. <laughs> 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 but I, mean, I remember on days like, you know, when uh, Prince Charles got married, I went to France for the day right. just to fucking <laughs> escape it all. <laughs> That, it turned
0: out well for him, though, didn't it? It was a happy... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Do I'm, you think that she, wasn't as bad as Sally Phillips? Let's face it. That's, uh, did you go out with Lady Di as well? Well, you know what? I once, uh, I, oh, uh, no. I, uh, <laughs> I once managed to flirt with Lady Diana from a, uh, from a. Actually, we, I went to Wimbledon with Sally Phillips when I was going out with Sally Phillips. Her dad was a tennis player, and you dropped off. With... <laughs> and, uh, and I was looking. We were sitting quite near the royal box. Uh, or to give her official title, the Princess of Wales. That joke, that joke went down a lot better before she died, I have to say. And, um, <laughs> and she was sort of about twenty feet away from me, and I was sort of looking over her. And then she sort of sensed that someone was looking at her, which she must be all the and time. You were taken and she turned. And she turned around and looked right at me, and I just sort of didn't know what to do. So I pulled a stupid face, and Let's then she. See lo- the face you pulled. Something along those lines. And um, she laughed. She laughed and kind of gave me that very flirtatious look. Uh, and then everyone, everyone else around me saw. So of, you
1: could have shaked I, I think if I think
0: if I hadn't been with my girlfriend at the time and if I'd known what, what was to come in the future, I'd have just been out off. I think well, it would have been bad place.
1: I'd like to point out, I once turned down Edwina Currie. <laughs> <laughs> I'd clear the front pages. <laughs>
0: Well, I've got a question about that, and my questions question about who's the most right-wing person you've, you've found no, sexually attractive, but you didn't. She found you attractive, and you, you didn't there want to. There was a
1: bit of a knock on the door. Uh, was there? Yeah, but well, we were doing the, some gig together, and she was the keynote speaker, whatever the fuck that means. Right. And I was the comedian, and she came on and did her keynote speech, which no one really listened to. But anyway, <laughs> but then we were in the same hotel, so it was in Dublin or Aberdeen or something, anyway, and then there was a knock on the door... Arthur, hello. <laughs> Do you want to come into my room for a cup of tea? Mm. Well, I don't know. Maybe she just wanted a cup of Could tea. But uh, but I had a thing. I, I vowed uh, when Thatcher got in that I was never going to have sex with a Conservative <laughs> voter. Right. <laughs> and... Uh, my, my resolve was tested only once, to my knowledge. <laughs> and I, I'm pleased to say I went home and pleasured myself in a socialist way. <laughs> <laughs> Although,
0: you know, a lot of people say fuck the Tories, don't they? So it would have been...
1: <laughs> Arthur Scargill told me once... Yeah, I thought you were going gonna... to... I'll just stop there, so I know? <laughs> that Thatcher had shagged... Uh, a member of Parliament, one Tory and one Labour. Right. I mean, as to whether this is true or not, I could never know. But.
0: Right. There were. I mean, it's interesting. I, I I was on a reality thing, TV show thing with. Um, Jonathan Aitken, who I actually got, oh
1: god, you poor bastard. I,
0: I, we kind of got on quite well by ignoring our massive differences in anything political. What but was this
1: reality show?
0: It was that we did a rowing that we did a rowing thing, and it was kind of a crazy thing because they really want. There's no one famous they could get on. It was like Oxford versus Cambridge rowing.
1: Oh, I race. see. Yeah,
0: and they, were, they couldn't find anyone good, and Jonathan Aitken was the only famous person they got, but he was gigantic but too old to row and so he was, was skin and i was tight ty- but he I was skin i need the money but he he was the cocks of our of our theme. they were six foot tall and the rest was five foot tall but he liked drinking and but then you know he his daughters were at school with Khashoggi's daughter weren't they and then they went we look very similar don't we, we look very the same and then they discovered through that that Aiken had been fucking the oil baron Khashoggi's. Uh, oh right, wife. and it was his daughter. So it was his daughter. So they just were all. Oh, I think dear, that must be
1: a desperately sad, odd thing to discover. You, uh, yeah, yeah. That your father's not the person you felt. Yeah, what you, it was.
0: Yeah, well, that, but I think that's what they—they—they they, they had all this, you know, pr- pretension of being, you know, moral and whatever. And I think they're, they just, they? they're living this kind of. Th- <laughs> this lifestyle of debauchery. But he was, I sort of quite liked him, but I never... We, did, we, we don't stay in touch. We enjoyed. We, is he here? Are you in, Jonathan? Um,
1: <laughs> How long did he... do did time inside, didn't he?
0: Yeah, yeah. This, this was after he'd been in prison. Have you so ever been in prison? I, no, I don't think I've even... Have you
1: ever been arrested?
0: No. What a wanker. <laughs> don't think so, no, no. You've never been arrested? What, I, what, what about when you watched porn in monkey Hole playing? What if I... What, what I did, What? I went to Wookiee Hall Plain. I went to Wells. I went to Wells Cinema. It's very different to watch an 18 film when I was 14. I don't think they arrest you for that. They, I think they throw you out of the cinema if they find you. I've done very little of any work. Have you been arrested
1: I'll give you one little bit of advice I've learned in life. About the only thing I've ever learned never smoke a joint outside Bishopsgate Police Station. <laughs> but I was I've been arrested twice well three times really but only really twice the, <laughs> but I was arrested at the end of my Edinburgh tour yes. uh, for breach of the peace and possession of a megaphone <laughs> uh, that's
0: what <laughs> they it's say this is your mid, well, 2 o'clock in the morning you go on a, a yeah. tour
1: of Edinburgh and yeah it's a late night Christmas. and Simon Munnery was yeah. arrested as well and I'm, I must admit, I'm rather proud to have been arrested at the end of a gig. I mean, there's me, Lenny Bruce. I mean, who else has been arrested at the end of a gig? It's true. There must be some. Does anyone know there must be a comedy nerd out there?
0: I think you hear stories occasionally. I've, I've, had, a, yeah, and I've, I've had instances where people in the audience have been arrested. When we were in Montreal, there was a guy who had a gun oh wow that's and a then, big heckle <laughs> and, then, uh, and then he took it out outside of the gig but what, we, i was taking the piss out of him in the gig not knowing he had a gun hell.
1: well uh, I, I did a, i was comparing once at jonglers in the 80s i think this was and there was an act on and his name been was in the listings and although he was only really doing a tryout he was doing 10 minutes or something and when he came off stage he'd done all right he was arrested, and it I turned out he was a wanted man, and the police had seen his name in the listings. <laughs> you thought well, that's bad luck, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's going down badly, and then getting arrested at the end of it. You know. But your worst heckle—you had something poured over you that was the
0: probably. Oh your worst yeah, heckle.
1: someone poured a pint of urine over me uh, while I, in my new suit. In fact, I think Tara, who's here, was there on that occasion, or at least it was the suit you gave me, anyway. Uh, Yes, I got covered in piss Uh, and he, but he was enjoying my set. (laughs) I mean, God knows what he'd have done if he'd hated it. (laughs) I I, I remember doing a gig once where the heckle was, uh, it wasn't to me, it was a bloke who was on before me, he was quite old, he wasn't doing very well and suddenly a woman's voice rang out, excuse me, I think you really need to think about the way your life is going. (laughs) You know, not just your act is shit, so <laughs>
0: it's the whole point of your
1: existence. <laughs> well, what's and, the worst heckle you've ever had?
0: Oh, well, I, they're never very good, are they? When we did Lee and Herring, I used, we, I used to pick on a, someone who looked like the youngest boy in the front row. I so was 13-year-old and I'd kind of go at them saying, yeah, I, I earn my money and you get it from your mum. And then we'd say, heckle me back, heckle me back. Uh, And one kid said, the sleeves of your jacket are slightly frayed. (laughs) And and they were, and they were. uh, So A, that very perceptive sight of, a 13-year-old, yeah. but which, but also that's kind of amazing. And I hadn't realised. I looked, and I, it was an amazing takedown, isn't it? Yeah, it I sort agree. of says more yeah. than that because it's like, yeah, you know, whatever you think. I is. remember
1: nearly right at the beginning of my career. I was remembering remembering this with Paul Merton just two days yeah. ago because he was 60 two days ago. Anyway, and, uh, when we were sharing a bill in Swansea, and uh, a woman shouted out, "Why don't you go back to London and leave us all alone?" <laughs> And she really meant it, you know. <laughs> hey, no, calm down. No, she was Welsh, all right? Calm down. Yes, my accent, I'm not very good at accents, and I can do I'll Dylan Tomacoy. Oh, why
0: don't you go back to London? Oh, yeah. and I can Eva you.
1: Can you do no, any can impressions, can do. Richard?
0: Can I do impressions? I'm not very, I'm not very versed. Because there must um, be
1: one you could do. I could do Charlie Borman. <laughs> I can do Dylan Thomas segueing into Frankie Howard. Okay. Do not go gentle into that good night. No, Mrs. Don't. (laughs) (laughs) God, I've done that joke for 25 years. (laughs) Uh, Well, let's talk
0: about the... I love talking about the early days of stand-up, which you obviously were right there as alternative comedy began. I mean, you sort of were there when it started. You almost started it. Well, yeah, argument. yeah.
1: I uh, I wasn't at that first night at the Comedy Store. I had applied to be. They did a thing in Time Out saying looking for new young comedians for a new club, and I wrote back saying, "Yeah, count me in." But I never got a reply on it, so I never did it. But I did go there about a year later, and yeah, yeah it was uh, it was it was an exciting time.
0: It was, yeah. And what was the what was the craziest act around that time? That oh, uh, blimey,
1: I remember an act called. Um, Oh, who are those terrible Myra, a, a, a drag act who came on as Myra Hindley, <laughs> and read out Little Red Riding Hood, which, if you recall, involves anyway.
2: <laughs>
1: and I remember uh, a tap dancer, uh, but he was let down by the fact it was a carpet on the stage. <laughs> there was. Uh, Sylvie, bottle knocker, who used to be able to open a bottle of beer with her tits. <laughs> I, I can't. Re- I'm sorry to have placed that image in your mind.
0: Just trying to work out
1: how. Yeah, how oh, I, don't I can't really remember quite how it worked. <laughs> it was some dodgy night club in Islington. I remember.
0: There was. I mean, even because I was. I was. Coming, came to it in the light, late 80s and early 90s, and there were still a few vestiges of those sort of things going on, but not not as many yeah, as... Yeah,
1: well, the... I mean, there's still some wacky acts out there. there are, yeah. There's no doubt, because there's so many of them, you know. Yeah. There's all sorts of ridiculous ones, you see.
0: I think it's come back round. There are clubs where you can go and do those real avant-garde stuff. I think, yeah. There was well, a that... time in the 90s when it became very... St- Male stand-up.
1: Yeah, but just blokes with their hands in their pockets talking about wanking. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Some of us have kept that going for a long
1: time. <laughs> have you actually done a whole show about wanking?
0: Not, uh, not just about wanking, but there's always... It always features. It always, <laughs> there's always something there somewhere. <laughs> but uh, Okay, I'll ask you an emergency question. I'll, I'll ask you this one. I think you might have an answer to this. Um, this is a new one.
1: I'm quite I've, good on capitals.
0: Okay. Have you ever fallen downstairs?
1: Uh, yes, of course I have. What do you think <laughs> I am? A fucking sober rep? Uh, yes, I have. The most memorable falling downstairs incident. When I was six years old, yeah. and I fell down the stairs, and my, I can feel it to this moment, my nose hit the corner of the thing, and I broke my nose, I think, although I was never, because I was being babysit by my granny, and in fact, because of that, I've got a fucking dodgy, ugly nose ever since. <laughs> I'd say, you know, can you see a bit of yeah, a break yeah, in it? Yeah, yeah. The, uh, yes. And that was, uh, I mean, it's not a very amusing anecdote. No, it doesn't have
0: to be. It just has to, we're just trying to uh, Have you stuff.
1: fallen downstairs? I
0: fell downstairs uh, about... It's a classic
1: way for comedians to die, isn't it? <laughs> it is it its yeah. <laughs> that and setting fire to the front room when they go to bed and leave a fag going. That,
0: that's a good way to go. Uh, I fell downstairs taking the breakfast up to my wife in bed, which so that's why well, you must never do that. And I was a bit tired, uh, and I <laughs> well, had a well, whole
1: you had the tray. I had a whole oh, tray no. of breakfast,
0: and then so I slipped, and then I was more concerned with the breakfast that I'd created, <laughs> and so then I re- and I literally fell down about eight or nine steps and with Still coffee and a tray the breakfast oh, and well. porridge. And everything all
1: over me. And did your (laughs) wife enjoy that breakfast (laughs) evening?
0: She didn't get any breakfast. I might have gone, I probably then went and made her another breakfast. That's how good a husband I am. What's the
1: closest you've come to dying?
0: I'm not very close. I know that you. Oh, that's
1: disappointing. Yeah, but if I say like, well, you were nearly run over, or you've. No,
0: um, well, when I was about, when I was on my year off, I went to Camp America, and on the last day of Camp America, luckily when all the kids have gone, we're in the middle of a redwood forest, and we had a party, and then someone left a cigarette somewhere, and this whole. Uh, the cabin went up in flames, and then the whole forest went started going up in flames, and we were woken up three o'clock in the morning very drunk by this fire alarm and had to put out this fire ourselves.
1: Quite exciting.
0: Yeah. So, I, 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 though, uh, you know, I didn't... We could have... It, it just rained a little bit the night before, and for the first time the whole summer, and there was no wind, but we were... There was 100 miles to the nearest fire station, so we just had to ferry uh, big things of water up the hill but we, I was fine I survived here I am well, obviously yeah uh, but you've, you became you became yeah, very I was, close to dying
1: I, yeah that for a couple of times but yeah principally uh, when I was ill when I it's because I'd been drinking too much I was taken to hospital and I had, with a awful pain in my stomach and I had acute necrotizing pancreatitis Which meant that my pancreas was essentially sort of eating itself. And uh, I I was in intensive care and I was more likely to die than live at one point. Uh, But which actually, if you know, that which does not kill you makes you stronger, it was kind of, it was rather an extraordinary experience, obviously. You know, when I came out, I felt, well, I'd learned one thing I'd learned is that I really like morphine. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, I came out and I felt a sort of lightness and an ability to cherish the world that just because it wasn't gone as I feared. And how old were you then?
0: You were still quite,
1: I was in my late 40s, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So, we, oh, well, thank goodness you survived that, but it was, I remember it being a, a...
1: well, yeah, it was a time, it's just around the same time Malcolm Hardy died, yeah. and Linda Smith as well, yeah. Who remembers Linda? Yeah. I still occasionally... nick a give us a round of applause for Linda? Still? <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I
1: still, I still think Linda had the best analysis of, the, you know, our problems with the Middle East. She said, the trouble with our, the Middle East is that somehow our oil has ended up under their sand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here's another one of Linda's. She said, uh, if, if God had wanted us to believe in him he would have existed
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's alright
0: to nick jokes when someone's dead right that's, uh, that's, well, okay. that's what
1: I thought Linda I think you would them yeah, yeah. appropriate of course and I, I've uh, referenced it
0: <laughs> you certainly have um, <laughs> uh, and uh, you are in that red dwarf episode that my fans, oh, yeah. will, my fans <laughs> will want to hear about yes. so, uh, have uh, you um, got
1: a few dwarfs in tonight
0: yeah, I thought uh, right. they might be interested. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I, do you know I auditioned for the part that uh, Robert, was it, yeah, Robert Llewellyn part. I did, the, the, the Roman Crichton. Yeah, Crichton, that's yeah. right, yeah. God, I'm glad I didn't get the part. Poor bastard, old Robert had to spend two hours in makeup before <laughs> everyone else got there, yeah, I yeah. think. They.
0: Although no one knows, recognises him, I kind of think that's... You know, probably a blessing, isn't it? You can you do in something very successful yeah, and then probably. you can still walk down the street. And yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know. I
1: mean, Craig went a bit mad, didn't he, for a while?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> and <laughs> it was the backwards episode. It was a very good
0: episode of Red oh, Wolf. I, think it, was, I mean, think it was the, the thing, It
1: was a wonderful uh, original Concept and yeah, and, uh, yeah, and I, I landed in a planet where everything went backwards, so my scene was going to be run backwards, <laughs> you know. So, I said to Robin and no, Douglas, "It does not matter what the fuck I say, does it?" So I kind of went on and and swore and and you know and when it went out it was like that. But of course, people have run it back since and <laughs> caught me saying what a load of bollocks. And uh, I remember being in the studio audience, looked rather shocked after I'd done that. Yeah, I'm glad I did though.
0: Yeah. Well, I think you, uh, it's interesting to to talk about that, the the fame thing, because I think you sort of, I've I've seen you quoted saying the best kind of fame is sort of mild fame, the kind of fame that you... definitely,
1: yeah. I mean, I can't imagine what it must be like, you know, being, you know, Meryl Streep or something, because wherever you go, people are going to be kind of looking at you and coming up, and whereas, you know, I'm I'm recognised a little bit, and mostly it's fairly pleasant and occasionally you can get a favour out of it you know. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> provided you don't take it too seriously as well you can bring sort of pleasure to people because you know there are people in my family or you know and the, the, they get pleasure if I send a card or turn up at some event and play Mr. Showbiz a bit I mean I know it's all bullshit but people like it so you know I'll play along with it to yeah. give them some pleasure
0: well you seem to have a nice life I think from looking at looking in looking from the outside
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I, uh, of course, uh, you know, uh, despair and disillusion are essential moments in the progress of the intellectual soul. Yeah. (laughs) And and I I mean, I still think sort of, you know, uh, man is a a fallen god who remembers heaven, as uh, Anthea Turner (laughs) remarks. You know, it's not to say I don't suffer some angoisse yeah. as as any any right-thinking person does. I mean, what a bizarre thing to be a human being. It is weird. Oh, I was like that moment. There's that kind of nanosecond when you wake up in the morning and you don't really know what the fuck you are. <laughs> you know, and then you go, oh, yeah, I'm a human. Oh, yeah, I'm that bloke. Oh, yeah, I I've got to go and fucking do Richard's show. <laughs> <laughs> you sort of like download. But there is a, a moment when you're just a kind of Living thing with no no knowledge of yourself,
0: which yes. is essentially what we are. Yeah, it's it is. I mean, it, we, if you think about it too much, it's it is a it's a, it's a very strange thing that we have. It doesn't feel like it's possible the, the, the world and the human race have everything that's.
1: Maybe it isn't. Maybe we're all part of your dream. I hope so.
0: It's, good. it's been a good dream. If it's, uh, I, hope we, uh, I hope we, I hope we don't wake up too soon. Um, and
1: you're you self styled Mayor of Ballam? Oh, yes, I am the Mayor of Ballam, uh, self proclaimed. <laughs> nightmare, I don't do days. <laughs> I have lived in Ballam for a long time, and I well remember the occasion when I proclaimed myself Mayor at my grand ceremony in Sainsbury's car park. <laughs> and I sang the song that I wrote, especially for the occasion, which went, Ah. Uh, I am the Mayor of Balaam, oh yes I fucking am. I am the Mayor of Balaam, I fucking fucking am. <laughs> Everybody? <laughs> oh, I oh, am the, the Mayor of Balaam, the Balaam. oh yes I fucking am. I am the Mayor of Balaam, I fucking fucking am. <laughs> That's all we got time for on Start <laughs> the Week. <laughs> Yeah, no, and I, I, I rather enjoy, I realise it's a game that Londoners play and have done, you know, for 200 years or something, the, the North, East, South London thing, you know. Like, who here's from South London? Yeah. Who's from North London? Scum. <laughs> Because occasionally I have foreigners, you know, you play the game of they're all fucking arseholes in North London, posh bastards. You know. in, in North London, they've got little blue plaques commemorating famous people. In South London, we have big yellow signs saying, did you see this murder? <laughs> And I, you know, London's, uh, you know, you say you're moving to the country, I'm moving Richard. to the
0: countryside on Friday. Although not, we're, I'm moving in and my in-laws And then back first. again on Sunday? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see how we uh, do. Where are there. you going? It's just out into Hertfordshire, middle of Hertfordshire, near Hitchin.
1: Why are you doing this?
0: Well, you know, it's a good question. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> It'll be nice to, you know, be out in the countryside, wouldn't it, and have some fresh air. I've got a, two, well, a child and a child on
1: the way. Yeah, but what are you going to do in the evenings? <laughs> <laughs> As I believe Woody Allen said. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I think every, everyone has a sort of, you know, Londoner has a sort of vague fantasy of buying a big jumper and going to live in Cornwall or something. Yeah. But I think... <laughs> See? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we all have that little fantasy, but I think most Londoners will be bored shitless after two days.
0: <laughs> well, we'll see. I think it's near enough to London that I can come into London quite a lot, but we'll see if that happens. Yeah. And we'll see if, we, you know... We Maybe might
1: you'll it. get right into the local thing, join the local village, Panto. Yeah, I might, might do. Yeah, enter your... Roses into the <laughs> flower competition. I
0: do. Yeah. Get into wife swapping and yeah. get drunk in the evening. Yeah. So I don't don't I think you have to plant
1: happens? that that special plant outside your house? So for is that? that
0: what you do for that?
1: Well, yeah, pampas grass. <laughs> Supposedly, any house with pampas grass right. inside their swingers.
0: Okay, I'll look out for those.
1: It certainly wasn't true when I knocked on that door. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know, the mysterious life of the village. Also, you see, if you live in like that, everyone gets to know you. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't want to be known by everyone. <laughs> Would you? Yeah. You know, like... Uh... Well, no. I sort of, but then that's, I mean,
0: that, London's the opposite, isn't it? And so I've lived in this house I live in at the moment for 14 years, and it took me about eight years before I even really spoke to anyone in the street. Yeah. Well, and I'm not really friends with anyone in the street, so yeah. it's kind of the opposite of that, isn't it? So you will
1: get to have to talk to people. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the most shocking things you ever see if someone starts talking to you on the tube. <laughs> for fuck's sake. What's <laughs> going on here? That's how, Ray, will you think I am fucking Italian? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, when I lived in Ballon, we would occasionally meet on the Tube, because obviously we were going in, and you'd go, we don't have to talk to each other, do we?
1: (laughs) No, it's it's fine. I'm a grouchy (laughs)
0: fan. But I I also feel like that, occasionally you really meet someone on the... Yeah, especially like you have to have the conversation
1: in public. Well, the worst thing is, if you you get on a train in Edinburgh, go into London, and just see the most boring man you've ever met getting on the train next to you, yeah. and then he comes and sits next to you. Oh, no. That was you, wasn't it, it wasn't Richard? It was me.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and now you've come and subjected yourself to an
0: owl with me. Um, I've I, I, I had a great uh, documentary with you. I mean, you've done so many things on the, on the radio and, and TV, but I'm, I'm sort of fascinated by uh, Colditz and Prisoners of War, and your dad was in, in Colditz. Was, yes, was a my, father,
1: my father's war... Um, he, he was called up, and he went. He was captured at El Alamein in 1942, where, and then he was transported uh, to Italy, and he was paraded through the streets of Palermo. Then he was down a copper mine like slave labour in Saxony, and then he ended the war though in Colditz Castle. Right, uh, and uh, I do a bit of a joke because I did take him back there when he was yeah. 70 and at this point it had turned half of it into a hotel and we booked in. and he rang down to room service and asked for a shovel <laughs> <laughs> which he did really obviously that. but he did once we were having a conversation about it and he's you know they were starving especially when he was in Italy he was absolutely starving and he, he said we used to eat anything we, you know we'd eat a dead dog and I said oh you know what, what does dog taste like and he genuinely said mm, you know it's a bit like rat <laughs> But yeah, he was uh, prisoner of war for three years and was finally liberated from Colditz uh, in 1945. I was, and I yeah, I took him back there and I've been back there once since. It's this is rather extraordinary medieval castle. Yeah. And you know, I mean, he was telling me about the day that they were liberated and uh, you know the Americans were coming in and but they weren't sure what this if this castle was you know. But anyway, they managed to get a flag up. And this this exhausted American GI gets to the gates of the castle. The the German, no, you know, puts his thing down, surrenders. He opens the door, and then there's a thousand dr- shouting men come at him, and he's fucking hell. And then, only then does he realise this is that you know these guys have all just become free.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, and my dad, who was oh, Jesus, he was quite a. He could pull the ladies. My dad. <laughs> Because on that day, like, so he's free to, you know, while they're waiting for, you know, in a, you know a few days' time, a thing had come and take him back. But he was, went <laughs> out in the town where he managed to cop off with a Polish waitress. <laughs> just, you know, two hours after he was released. <laughs> when you've got to think there was quite a lot of competition for a Polish waitress. But, because uh, I got him to write his memoir... Um, before he died, and there's some amazing stories yeah. those guys lived through. He, he's got one where after the war he he signed up again because he had no work, and um, was sent to Yugoslavia. Anyway, he got a week's holiday in Venice, you know, and he'd never stayed in a hotel or you know he'd done prisoner of war. So he, he goes in the, in this hotel, but and he goes out for a swim on the Venice Lido and sees a woman in a bikini, which had just been invented these, you know, the bikinis because yeah. of the bikini assault nuclear oh, test. It, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, and my dad then said he he didn't go back there until he spent a week with this woman. <laughs> she didn't speak English, he didn't speak Italian, but. You know, I'm guessing there was quite a lot of shagging went on. <laughs> <laughs> and she took him to various... And she she was an orphan. She'd been orphaned. Uh, uh, parents had been killed in the bombing of Milan. Anyway, at the end of the week, my dad... It had obviously been a fantastic week. He offered her uh, some money. And she said, oh, you think I'm a prostitute? And got pissed off <laughs> at him. So okay. it all ended badly. Oh. Went back to Yugoslavia. And then months later, we discovered she had made... Which would have been a really perilous journey the journey to his army camp in uh Yugoslavia as it was then yeah. and tried to get in touch to make contact with him but had been turned away at the you know the gates of the of the army uh, oh, camp no. and he never saw her again but you think you know what an extraordinary little romance yeah. and whatever happened to her
0: and if she'd got through you wouldn't be here
1: no, <laughs> or maybe I'd be Italian, doing my funny Italian. Oh dear, this is embarrassing. It's <laughs> from a different time. Uh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the old defence.
1: Nel mezzo del cammin di nostra vita, mi ritrovai per una selva oscura, che la <laughs> dita vi asmalìa.
0: It's nice. <laughs>
1: That's the opening lines of The Inferno by oh, yes. Dante, which I, I learned to impress an Italian au pair girl. And did it work? She shagged my friend. <laughs> <laughs> because I think, looking back on it, it's the most famous bit of literature in it. takes a bit like to be or not to be. And, yeah. and I think I, to her, I sounded like, you know, to be or not to be, is <laughs> the question, whether he's snobling in your mind? You know. <laughs> Would you like to do a bit of Shakespeare in a funny accent, Richard?
0: <laughs> um, I'll do will do Macbeth.
1: Is this the
0: dagger I right deeper before me? It's handled toward my hand.
1: It's uh, so a good game, Shakespeare good. in regional accents.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> to be or not to be, that's a question, isn't it?
0: presumably how it, how it was done
1: yeah it probably it? did sound like that then did
0: well we're near well, I saw you look at your watch we're nearly done uh, <laughs>
1: good it's late for me it's
0: late <laughs> it's late for me I was up at 3.30 this morning um, really
1: how many times have I heard <laughs> that
0: <now? laughs> one backstage once i on here um how about Are You Being Served? Shall we talk about Are You Being Served <laughs> before we go? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was cast in the remake, as yeah. some of you two may have seen it. I did see it. The remake of uh, Are You Being Served, which was kind of fun. Well,
0: you played the um, Arthur yeah. English. That's right. Yeah. The sort of
1: the dodgy bloke. Yeah. in the, Which is yeah. good,
0: good casting.
1: Yeah, the, yeah. Well, I, we're both called Arthur yeah. and uh, <laughs> we're, we're comedians. Yeah, I mean, frankly, I'm quite glad it didn't get a series. I don't know if I'd want it to be stuck. You know, I've never really liked the idea of being in some endless... Yeah, program that you always have to. You know, I'd rather do what me what I want to do myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a it was a slightly weird one. I mean, that was a g-
0: odd little season that they did of. of yeah, yeah, I
1: mean, it was an interesting idea. I, yeah. I mean, I thought there was one I thought was really good. Was it porridge or something? The yeah, porridge you
0: know? got porridge got picked up for a series, and I yeah. thought it was they're good though. I thought it was really good. Clemens yeah. and uh, Lefrany are very. Very sharp writers, I think. So, there's only a couple given that there must be in their 80s, are there? Must be 79, 80. Those yeah,
1: because I interviewed them. Did yeah, they, yeah, you should get them on.
0: Yeah, well, I would like to. Yeah, I should do. I thought that about uh, the other two, the step toe two, but one of them's gone now, isn't he
1: Better get one of them. Get on. one of them. On. <laughs> then they just said, They end stuff. up though being the kiss of death. I just did a <laughs> radio <laughs> program series on So Every time we approached someone to do the thing about them, they died. Yeah. So Peter Cook and uh, who else? Yeah, it's a shame. I was going to go to Gibraltar with Peter Cook. Ah, that would I never never did. amazing,
0: Stuart Lee. Lee, I'm sadly not. Uh, But uh, (laughs) sadly, sadly, he wasn't asked to be on that series. Um, So far, nobody's been a guest on this show has died. So that is, and we've
1: been going for five years. That's pretty good. Until now, <laughs> Who was the first? worst one you've had? Who's the worst one? I
0: guess like the almost... most
1: annoying guest, or the hardest to interview. Uh, so it, well, it could be, could be. Sometimes Stuart Lee was the
0: second time was a little bit uh, difficult. The oh, first well, no, time, I... he, the first time he was good. Um, I had a bit, I had a little misunderstanding with Stephen Merchant. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, I want to hear about uh, this. What happened? Then? Well, just I think he. I think he thought I was trying to get him to stitch up I was making jokes about what's it like being the one in double act who's the best but everyone that likes the other one more the kind of jokes and I think he thought I was just talking I was making a joke can I do a
1: big flounce off to him (laughs) you can do yes
0: (laughs) shall uh, I offend you yeah go on (laughs) you look a bit like Sid James I've always thought (laughs)
1: That doesn't offend me at all. <laughs> if that's what you think an offensive remark is, you can fuck off,
0: Richard Herring. Oh, fuck no. you. Oh, no, it's all gone wrong. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Arthur Smith, if that is his real name. I've been listening to Rich Tang's Let's Square Theatre podcast with me, Rich Tang, and my guest, Arthur Smith. The music's my pest. Uh, the uh, other stuff I have to tell you is thank you to the Let's Square staff and management. Thank you to everyone uh, at GoFastThestrike.com. Uh, thank you to everyone at The British Comedy Guide and iTunes and all the other platforms which kindly released my podcast for free. Um, the producer is Ben Walker. It's a fuzz GoFastThestrike.com and Sky Potato production. Thanks for listening. Head to gofasterstripe.com. You can find out about stuff that you can buy to help the podcast and to help me stay alive. Uh, and also go to richcheng.com slash gigs to find out if I'm doing my new show anywhere near you soon. Thanks for listening. Go away. Goodbye.